This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show where your hosts Amber and Jenna and for show notes, more on consciousness and parenting or to sign up for our video newsletter, check out our website, themotherlovingfuture.com. And today we are discussing the journey from maiden to mother. Yep. (laughs) How is your definition going? Okay, so my definition is giving birth for the first time is a transition for any woman. This is the transition that takes you from maiden to mother. As a maiden, um, she is the center of her own world and her partner and her can focus all of their energy on each other. As a mother, the child is now the center of the focus for both her and her partner. This changes everything. Everything. And you know, people don't even, some people maybe think of this a lot before they become a mother. I didn't think much I didn't about either. This. You know why? No one told me that I was going to move through a death of my old self. No mm-hmm. one told me. Everyone was focused on what could happen in the birth. Mm-hmm. They didn't actually even tell me about that. They all spent time focusing on informing me on how to raise a kid and what the stages are and what to look out for and to hold them if they're crying or to and not hold them or sleep anyway. training and all that stuff. No one mentioned anything about the birthing process and no one mentioned anything close to that untangible um, kind of transparent journey you go through from your old self to that new self. And for me, it was kind of difficult. So do you want to tell me about that journey for you? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, so I was totally not expecting to experience a death. And when I, you know, I love being pregnant. I had such a great pregnancy. What was life for you like as a maiden? Oh my gosh, I love being a maiden. I think that was my problem. So I I think that I, my whole life, I have been very independent and looking for adventure and creating my own adventure. And I've loved being single and I've loved being out in the world, exploring and being me. I've never really fantasized about being a mother and never really projected anything on that stage of my life. So for me, I love being a maiden. It, it, I love living that spontaneous, um, wild, fun kind of adventurous life. Yeah. So when we fell pregnant, um, I don't, I don't want to say by accident because nothing's by accident, no. but unintentionally fell pregnant, and uh, it was not the usual scene that you see in the movies of, baby, I'm pregnant, I'm so happy. It was like, oh my god, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Like a sad cry. (laughs) You cried, sadly? Yeah, sad cry. Definitely. Because I was so, it was such a shock that something that huge and that life-changing could happen to me rather than me calling it Mm -hmm. in and intentionally Mm -hmm. choosing it. And so it was a shock. And also, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that my mother, um, my mother kind of imprinted in me that motherhood was a chore and that. Uh, and, you know, she was trying the best with the circumstances she had when she was mothering Definitely. me. But she she never painted a fun, um, 
settling, exciting picture of motherhood. It was always, I didn't ask to be a mother or like, oh, you kids, my life is gone now. It was always really, um, it, it was a drag to be a mother. So I, I kind of subconsciously, of course, took that on and mm-hmm. had associations with motherhood of if you're a mother, you lose your life and everything crumbles subconsciously, obviously. And maybe that's the reason why I never fantasize about being a mother because I never thought that, you know, that was going to be the highlight of my life. So when I fell pregnant, all of that came up, all that subconscious stuff my mother passed on to me um, came up and I was shocked and I was kind of scared about losing this life that I'd spent my entire life accumulating, creating, which I loved. So, you know, my pregnancy was awesome. I loved every moment of being pregnant. It took me about three months of my pregnancy, the first three months to really accept the fact that I was pregnant and I was a mother then and there. And I was growing this miracle inside me and that my life would be different forevermore. I didn't know how it was going to be different, but I just knew that life was different from then onward. And then when my, and then after those So the initial three months, it was really hard for me to connect with being a mother or to even connect with the pregnancy. And then for the rest of my time being pregnant, I loved it. I embraced it. Something changed and I fully accepted the entire situation. I gave birth at home in the water with my midwife and my doula and my mother-in-law and my mom there. And Carrie was in the tub with me. And that's a whole other thing, the birthing stories, which I'm sure we'll cover at some yeah, point. We'll, yeah, we'll get into that. That was intense, time. unmedicated birth. Whew, that was my warriorship. That was my initiation. But once I'd given birth, I think because my birth was quite quick and so uh, so viscerally intense, the, the experience was so intense that I was very out of my body and I found it hard to connect to my baby when I first saw him. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that euphoric connected feeling that the mothers talk about. I felt kind of numb and I felt like um, detached from from my baby. Mm-hmm. So, I felt the same. I was traumatized. I know. Right? I didn't point. want to say that word. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I well, was traumatized I mean, too. After you've gone through a natural birth, even if it's such a it massive you open. Yeah, thing that everyone's a bit shell-shocked from that, I think. Yeah. So well, some some some, some, some are like, and that's orgasmic birth. <laughs> I was praying for that. I'm like, everyone, give me an orgasmic birth, <laughs> manifest it. But that definitely did not happen. Uh, but some women are fine, and once yeah. again, it's that common theme that we always come up against, which is bio individuality. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different pain threshold. Everyone has different like um, traumas they're holding in their body that may get activated during that. Everyone's in mm-hmm. a psychological place around acceptance or denial or whatever it may be. Very so, well said. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's so all those things count when it comes down to massive things like the birthing process. All right, so you've now birthed Valentine. I've birthed Valentine. I don't feel connected to him. It took me about 10 days to start getting back into my body. And as I was coming back into my body, I started to, um, you know, I started to connect with him. But at the same time, you know, it was such, for the first three months to six months of Valentine's birth, Okay, let's just say the first year, I struggled. I really, really struggled. A couple of factors. We're talking specifically about the death of your old self, your old life, and the birth of you as a mother. The mother for me represented selflessness, 
being fully of service. My heart is now elsewhere. My heart is not about my, my priority isn't keeping my life fun and happy and my relationship, my, my entire priority intuitively um, had shifted towards it being about my baby. I couldn't help it. That was just this instinct took over me and that was all that mattered. So because I had never done this before, I didn't know how to create a sense of balance. So I entered this phase of mourning my old self, really. There was a part of me that was mourning the death of the old self and trying to fully embrace this new me of motherhood. And the turning point for me where I was able to embrace motherhood and um, really put away um, the death of my old self in in a, in a happy way, in 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 a way of like beautiful closure, was that I I said to myself, okay, this I'm claiming this motherhood as my own invention and my own experience. I am not taking on my mother's opinions about motherhood. I'm not taking on my girlfriend's opinions about motherhood or their mother's opinions or the world's opinions or how it's marketed or how it's said in the books. I am creating motherhood to be whatever lights me up and makes me feel alive and myself and empowered. So then and there, and it probably took me about six months to do this, then and there, I I just made a decision and I said, I'm inventing motherhood to be fun, sexy, and the greatest adventure of all. Um, You know, something that just fills my heart with joy, the ultimate place to grow and to learn and to move into the best version of myself. What bigger opportunity do I have to stretch, stretch, stretch in all of the virtues that make someone a good human, patience, love, kindness, you know, all all that stuff you need to really like, you know, walk your, your walk and talk your talk. This is the place to practice it. And so when I actually got that I could invent it to be how I wanted it to be, there was something that left me. There was like a a heaviness that left me about mourning my old life. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like I can be still me, but it's a fuller me. It's a bigger version of me. It's me actually like stepping into womanhood. My true power, my true activation has been in motherhood, but I had to clearly choose that. I, I, I had to kind of move away from what had been carved before me and what was put on me. And so in that moment, I, I really decided to embrace motherhood and just make it fun. Wonderful. <laughs> I love that. What about you, Jenna? For me, I mean, it was a little bit different because as a, as a maiden, I always was um, very looking forward to being a mother. And my mother was sort of the opposite of yours in the way that she always glorified um, being a mother and that it was, oh, so wonderful. I think she um, did the opposite, which is like she completely whitewashed over any of the hardships and made it just seem like it was just so fun and so glorious. (laughs) Setting you up for failure. Setting me up for (laughs) for failure, no. I mean... And, um, and she was a really fun mom when we were little and everything like that. So I had this idea in my head of it just, just going to be so awesome, like the best. 
And so I was always looking forward to that as a, as a maiden. I was always wondering like, where's my husband? I want to find him. And then when I found him, I was like, okay, let's get married. Let's have children. Let's do this, you know, because I was excited about it. So for me, um, the death of the maiden was something that I was like almost looking forward to. Like I didn't care. I was like so ready to jump in, you know, and um, I think I've always been somewhat of a... Uh, you know, person that isn't so selfish really around my own needs or anything like that. So I wasn't worried about, about that at all. And I, th I thought for sure that I was going to be able to like still like get my nails done and wah, get wah. my hair done and all that. I, I figured it would just be easy. So anyway, my first child is born Milo. He is like the most challenging <laughs> baby ever. You called it in, Bubba. He is so intense and still to this day, like, uh, but I love him so much. And I was so like thoroughly excited and ready to be a mom that like every single challenge that was like just one massive hurdle uh, uh, along uh, after another, except for that he never was sick. So that was, you know, I'm blessed and grateful for that. But he is just very difficult, you know, and challenging and like willful to the max and like negotiating everything, like from the time that he, before he could speak, um, so for me, it was a bit grueling. And also he didn't sleep, didn't nap, like that sort of colicky, everything. So um, I really was like, felt like um, my head was underwater in a way. And it, it didn't depress me, but I it, it was like... I felt like I was just, I couldn't keep my head above water because it was just, and then I was like, this is not how I imagined it. And then I had to recalibrate my entire perception of what motherhood I thought it was to realize that it's actually something quite, um, quite challenging at times mm. and not just like this happy, like picnic in the park. And that's the duality of life. Mm -hmm. And so that was Milo and he grew up a bit and then I wanted to have another child. And, um, so we, I got, I had Maisie, I had a very difficult pregnancy with her. We were talking about this earlier, a very sick, difficult birth and a natural birth. Both of my babies were natural. So, so rather intense and difficult births there. And then Maisie's born and she's just like the most wonderful baby and so sweet. And I can, I'm having glimpses with, of her, with her of like this joy of, of motherhood where things are like actually fun and, um, you know, you're not just trying to live through it, but you're actually able to like enjoy it as it comes. So I'm really glad I had that with her because I got a little bit of that like real joy that I think my mom had um, as a mother. And so I'm glad I got to experience that. But this just goes back to this bio-individuality where, you know, um, every baby is different. Every mother is different. You know, expectations, like both of our expectations were blown out of the water in different ways. And so expectations are not a good indicator of how things are necessarily going to be. And it's just, I remember when, um, when I was pregnant with my first and we were in this pregnancy class mm -hmm. and they gave us, um, this, this questionnaire. And one of the questions was, you know, really thinking about how, when you have that baby, everything that you think it's going to be is going to go out the window. And I remember thinking that at the time, oh, it's going to be exactly what I think. And yet it wasn't. It could, all of my expectations went completely out the window. So that's my experience. And at the same time, uh, 
It's the most, nothing else in your world can, can give you that sense of joy that motherhood can. Mm-hmm. That deep, and f- you know, when I really, really admit it and look at it, there was a part of me that was searching for that natural sense of joy in my life. And it would come in, in pockets and in waves mm-hmm. of adventures I would create or relationships or romance or whatever. But being a mother, that connection, that undying experience of limitless love that just it just can't help but breathe and come out in those moments you're with your child completely obliterates any little searching that you've had throughout your life. Oh yeah, and even big things like a, a child who's extremely challenging as Milo, like the joy that he gives me, mm-hmm. like just in his moments of just compassion and when he's just a wonderful, intelligent little man. Um, it brings me so much joy. It makes up for it all. It's all worth it. It's what we're saying. (laughs) Amazing. So you didn't have much of a um, hard time saying goodbye to your old self. I feel as though for you, it was kind of like you're in that relationship where you've left it six months ago. So when you actually break up, you're, you're kind of okay. Like you're not Mm -hmm. so much, you know, you're you're Mm -hmm. not in a million pieces. Whereas me, I hadn't left my new life, so it was a bit harder for me to accept mm-hmm. and transition into a totally new identity, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all worth it, all incredible. All worth it. And how? I just want to ask you quickly, how did moving from maiden to mother affect your relationship? That's a very good question because once again, I was like thinking that it was going to be just all roses and like it was of course not going to affect our relationship badly if anything it was going to bring us closer together because we have a little person that we made together Poor innocent jenna that's truly what i thought um and you know the truth of the, the, the how it plays out is that both people are so tired mm, both people are one. completely focused on this other thing instead of each other mm-hmm. and it's it's really a major transition and i think that how i've gotten through it with my relationship is just to really both of us has our eyes on the bigger picture which mm. is like our family and the life that we can we are creating for each other and we're in the baby zone now and we all have to sacrifice and we're not going to be as connected as as normal um and that's fine and we're both going to be okay with that. And that's sort of where we're at. Yeah, that's good. That's smart. I like looking at the bigger picture because Mm -hmm. that helps bring in that lightness and it's easy to make it through those tough patches when you're like, oh yeah, like there's something bigger we're working towards. Yeah. That's smart. It's a good perspective to keep. Yeah. Yeah, my relationship... Mm, I kind of had these fantasies because once again, no one really told me the truth of how, you know... It's not just you that is transforming into a new identity, your partner is as well. And so you have to relearn how to connect with each other as two different beings in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, a massive, massive issue in the first year was that no one was sleeping. We had Valentine in the bed. We were doing the whole co-parenting thing. Co-sleeping. I mean, co-sleeping, um, definitely co-parenting, <laughs> um, co-sleeping. And, you know, without that sleep, everyone was sensitive. Everything was taking everything personally. It was just emotional upset constantly. And it was really difficult to find the joy and the peace when you're sleep deprived. It is. So, and no one had any balance and we were both stressed out and anxious and trying to figure out how to parent. We were stumbling our way through it because we were the first of our community or our group of really close friends to be parents. 
So I think that if, if we were to do it again, I definitely would set up the sleeping situation to make that a priority. So we had the energy to move through issues when they come up and we had time to actually put aside to enjoy spending that solo time together, which I think is really, really important, whether it's just an hour in the evening when the baby's down and you're sharing a bath and a moment together, or where it's a date night every week where you just get that time to be just you two without the baby. I think it's important to reestablish your relationship with your partner once that baby's born because so much changes. And the main thing as well is that it's not about each other anymore. You just don't have that time to make it about each other. And before you know, you haven't touched each other for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. or you haven't just, you know, gazed into each other's eyes because there's constantly this, this other element that's drawing your love, attention, um, energy away from your partner into that, that gorgeous little creation. So carving out that time and, and really making your relationship a priority, I think is a really good game plan to, mm-hmm. to make it through. I like that. And also I, you know, setting yourself up to not be disappointed and not having expectations about what your relationship is going to look like or good, what motherhood good or is bad look like. or motherhood, good or bad, going into it and just trusting and knowing and setting yourself up to win in regards to making sleep a priority, keeping your relationship a priority, having balance for yourself as a priority. I think if you have those goals, you can work through everything else and not be disappointed or, you know, heartbroken or whatever it may be. So yeah, I I would just, that's what I would offer a new mother. And also knowing that it's always changing. The relationship or motherhood may look a certain way today and stressful and overwhelming and a bit crunchy, but next week it's going to be different. And it's the same as the baby. The baby's sleeping through the night and you're thinking, woohoo, we made it. And then next week they wake up five times during the night. Mm. Everything is constantly changing to not be attached to it being a certain way, good or bad. Yep. This too shall pass. That's it. We're going to get that tattooed right here across the forehead, aren't we? <laughs> Definitely. Great. So what, um, what, what question would you like to propose the listeners with? Well, I would love to know from the listeners, kind of, you know, like we told you, how was your transition from made into motherhood and how did that go for you? And, and, you know, your experience can help other people. So let us know in the comments section. Beautiful. Yeah. And that's a wrap for today. I loved it. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.